welcome to the Build It Internal Podcast. Build It Internal Podcast. Welcome, everybody. We are coming to you live from the Build It Dirt Talk Studios mm-hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. I just got off a trip to Arizona, so back in Tennessee for a few days before I go to Utah. Did you get back yesterday? I got back last night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thanks for making the podcast this morning, man. I I'm I I very much enjoy the podcast. It's a it's been, become a fun thing for me. They're they're fun to do. Honestly, like <clears throat> I feel like sometimes doing the podcast sort of feels like like going to church or something like that. Like before you go, you're like, oh man. Yeah. I can maybe have some, uh, do I really? Definitely. I just maybe would like to stay home today. But then after you go, you're like, I'm glad we did that. That was good. That's how, um, that's how traveling is for me or, or traveling for fun, traveling for fun or like camping. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always dread traveling for fun. Even if I'm going to the most incredible place ever. I, I just do not, I just don't look forward to it. But then I do it and I'm like, oh, wow. Super, super glad I did this. But I have anxiety before every single time I travel. I love the prep for a trip. Like, that's actually probably my most favorite part. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I like being at the place where like talking about going. But like, if I've got a, like a camping trip at the end of the week, like I'm like setting stuff out all week. I'm like, oh, man. I, I can't wait to go through this bin because I know I've got a couple things in there I don't normally take, but maybe yeah. I want to take this weekend. Yeah. I like I, I like that sort of like preparation, but I think it's all just like a form of anxiety too. It's just like I can control these things and these things maybe might make it more enjoyable so that I can, I'm, I'm in control of that. Sure. I I do like packing for camping because that is… It's like a science, you know, you, you, you go with what you think you need. Mm-hmm. You go test it out in the wilderness for two or three days. You figure out, okay, this was completely useless. I do not need any of this ever again. Yep. And I needed a lot more of this and I didn't bring nearly enough. And then the next time around, you kind of toy with the formula a little bit, adjust things here or there, and then go test it out again. And you just keep iterating. Mm-hmm. And over time, you get pretty dialed in. But I like when like a little bit of a wrench gets thrown into what the weekend plan is. So it's like, okay, well, in addition to like my normal kit, I also got to make sure to bring this because since we're doing this, this other thing, I, it'd be good to have a little extra tools. Yeah. Like we're <clears throat> I'm going camping on a lake island in two weeks um, in Lake Cumberland, which is like southeast Kentucky. Okay. Um, I, and I've got a friend who they're like, winterizing their boat at the end of the month. And so he's like, do you want to like go out? We've, we've kind of talked for a couple of years. Like it'd be fun to go camp on some of these islands. And so we're like going out there. And so it's like, it's like packing for a backpacking trip, except you also have a cooler for food and, and beer. A, it's like a hybrid in between backpacking and camping out of the car. Yeah. Cause like, I'm not going to bring a table. <laughs> I'm not going to bring yeah. like a chainsaw. Yeah. But you can bring a lot more than I can bring if some you just stuff. had a backpack. Yeah. 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 And so, like, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bring a real camp chair. Sure, you know, yeah, yeah, um, backpacking—that's out of the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I've done a lot of backpacking. I don't know that I ever need to like really do it again. It's I I should do it more. It's like a very it 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 humbles you substantially oh, yeah. and reminds you how completely worthless you are and and how worthless human beings really yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, when it's just you in the middle of nowhere. No power, no bathrooms, no other people, 
you're just in the wilderness. Because mm-hmm. that's, you can really only achieve that backpacking these days, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless you're in somewhere like Alaska or Wyoming or something like that with mm-hmm. just vast expanses of nowhere. You could take your pickup truck out into the field and not be around anybody. But uh, backpacking, I've gotten some crazy beautiful places backpacking. There's so there's some good backpacking in like East Tennessee, not not far from here. Yeah, I need um, to go out there. There's a, I've done a couple spots. It's like less than two hours from here. Um, pretty beautiful, you know. You, you can wear your ass out. I'll get into it one day. It's just, I used to do it all the time, and then my entire life got put on the back burner. Sure. I used to do it a lot, and then I had kids. And that'll do it, too. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm if I'm going to take a weekend, not not off from the family, but if I'm, like, going to take, take a weekend away from my family, I want it to be, like, a little bit more relaxing. And yeah. nothing about that's relaxing. No. It might, no. Be, it might be restorative, but it's not relaxing. Correct. That's just my bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so in the last internal podcast episode, I would say it was probably the least informational episode we've done. <laughs> I, I did listen to it. And I, and I was I, I uh, thought about it after I was like, wow, that was that was completely worthless. <laughs> not not every single one is like that. I would say that's definitely like an abnormality. I get I get zero feedback on the internal pot. Like, I don't hear a peep about it. So I have no idea how people feel. Like, I don't, we, we, we don't have data. I don't know who's listening to it. I, I have no idea. I mean, if a podcast like between, that is at all valuable. It's between 25 and 35 unique listeners. So that's, which is about right. That's pretty good. Just kidding. We do have the data. We know exactly who's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I know exactly who's not listening. Okay. Um, but all that's to say, I think we can put a little bit, we, we've got a little bit more value on today's episode mm-hmm. than last one, which was we, we talked about mantis shrimp like a lot. <laughs> like sometimes I like naming them off like an obscure thing that was said in the episode is like sort of like a, a little hook. Yeah. But I think we actually talked about aquariums and mantis shrimp the most as the main topic. Well, in fairness, I was answering a question. It it was a question. Well, but I I started answering it. Yeah, I started (laughs) answering it, and then I just took a left turn and and went down dark street. You didn't necessarily answer a question. It was like inspired by a question, maybe. There was I. uh, So I think it's important to. Remain playful and imaginative as an adult. And I think you need to work on that. So like, for example, I was with my friend Kevin and his girlfriend Morgan. We were driving on the Notches Trace. Good people. Like six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, Morgan, she was in acting school. And she's like, so there was this one time where we had to act like we were a lemon for like 10 minutes. And Kevin and I were like, 10 minutes. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) So we talked for 30 minutes about what life would be like as a lemon and all the different types of lemon personalities and what a day in the lemon life looks like and all the things that could go terribly wrong as a lemon, but what success would look like as a lemon, we went off on a tangent. And if someone was listening to that, they would think I'm, I'm clinically completely insane. But to me, I think there's value in letting your mind just go nuts and go wherever the hell it wants to go. And just make things up. 
Well, that's sort of the point of that exercise. And I'll say that as a person who went to theater school. Okay. Um, so you acted like you're a lemon too? I don't know that I've done a lemon activity, but acted the point of it. Inanimate objects. Certainly. <laughs> the point is to like, like you're saying, just kind of like go, go off the deep end and just yeah. like think of like whatever. Yeah. Because I, like yeah. it's, and I can bring this back to what we do here at Build It. Mm-hmm. Um, we are like taught to be so filtering of like the things we put out into the world, whether mm-hmm. it's just like the, what we talk or what, like what we write or the art that we make. It's, we filter like on the front end all the time. Yeah. And it's not just what we, it's not just how we write, but it's also like how we're like thinking and what comes to our brain. And I think like, dumb things like that are really valuable for like move past that. You know, it's I, someone described like songwriting to me as you, but this is like very, very clearly about a lot of different things, but it's like, if you think a really, really good song is like a bullseye with a bow and arrow, you shoot a lot of arrows yeah, so that you can like hit the bullseye. Yeah. And so if, if I'm trying to write, you know, maybe like a good tagline for like a business or whatever, you know, like we've got as our mission, make the dirt world a better place. That was not the only, you know, seven or eight words that were like thought of for that. There was a lot of other things that probably weren't nearly as good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't even around, I don't think for coming up with that phrase, but like you got to get a lot of ideas out before you get to the good stuff. And so I think like that's that lemon, it's essentially a game. But it's like you get out a lot of like the dumb ideas, and the good start, the good stuff starts coming out, which I think is important. Totally, and um, it's funny you talk about the, the filter thing. Every when I am taking pictures, there's not really a filter on there, and I think I've mentioned this. Where I like to just photograph as I see fit. I mm-hmm. don't like shot lists. I don't like expectations. I don't even like doing paid work all that much. I mean, I've had to do paid work because I had to support myself initially, and now we have business and this and that. But I, like now, I've been doing a lot of trips where nothing's paid. There's no expectations whatsoever. I just get to capture whatever the hell I please. But as soon as I start adding filters, which could be paid work, it could be being able to only shoot from a pickup truck because I'm out on some mine site and they're all paranoid. Yeah. It could be someone babysitting my ass, you know, looking over my shoulder the whole fucking time, which Mm -hmm. happens every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, It could be a a shot list or it could be working with a, a big group of people or whatever it may be. Um, it becomes substantially less fun almost immediately. Sure. Almost immediately. And like, that's where I create best. So I, res- I, I appreciate the creative process and I know we're trying to operate a business right now. So there are constraints that we have to operate within sometimes, but as we, I don't know, we've been saying like refocus, but as we just progress as a business, I really want to try to put as many people in that creative place as possible because I know that's that's where we can really create something special is if we can put ourselves into that storytelling lane where we're the experts and they just let us tell the story as we see fit. Oh, yeah. And it'll allow everybody within the process to create as they see fit, which should make us some pretty incredible work. As soon as you start fucking with it or inviting other people in, to mess with it, it starts to go downhill and then starts to become a commodity that anybody else could replicate. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, you've said that always from the beginning. And Dan has said this as well, that like 
we want to just sort of like tell the stories like how they're how they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and if if we're spending time on the front end saying, well, we need to get this sort of story, like that, that's never gonna be as good. And also like that's sort of betrays like what we're like say we're trying to do in the first place. Yeah. Well, I, like my social media is a good example. I don't really think about it. I just send it all the time. Do I get my ass beat for it every once in a while? Sure. Sure. Absolutely, I do. Um, but it's it's been, I mean, that's that's why people stick around at the same time because they know it's just, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. And do I regret things I said even eight weeks ago? Probably, yeah. There's there's some stuff I would have said a lot better. Or, sure. But that's part of the process at the same time. And I'm putting myself out there. It's like the, the, um, the man in the arena quote. It's like, I'm out there doing it and getting punched and punching. And then you're getting criticized by all the people outside of the arena who aren't in there getting socked in the fucking face. And you just have to learn to ignore all those people and just do what you do because that is the future. I, I love know. that. We're, uh, we're Teddy young. Roosevelt quote, the man in the arena. It's, it's, it's It is a very sobering, it's a very sobering quote. And I've, I've read it a lot. And encouraging, I think. You know, to me, it's, it's sort of like, I, I don't need to be listening to, uh, you know, the people who are, you know, on the sidelines, like judging or trying to shame things that I'm like doing in the world. Because like, they're not in the arena. They're not like down in the dirt. I am, you know? No. And it's, um, it's like, it's extreme to think about, but then it's also, I don't know if comforting is the right word, but it, it evens me out when I get worked up. Like, hey, I'm I'm here doing it. They're not. So just it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it it's just no factor, whatever they're saying. There's 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 no value in it whatsoever. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's similar to if I've got skin in the game and you don't, like, why do I need to listen to your like opinion and your suggestions on, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm doing? If I'm the one that's like actually invested and you're not. Yeah. So in the last couple of weeks. You know, we've we've talked about. I don't want to say it's not the new direction, the new like the next evolution of Buildwit. What we're going through next. I do just say it is not to interrupt, but it is worth saying. You were you were going down that line of thinking, and then you talked about the last podcast and how we just talked and really created no value, and then from there we just went down a huge rabbit hole, kind of just talking again, mm-hmm. and now we're back at the original point. I thought what we just said was actually. Was more valuable than what yeah, we it was. Last more, week. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> there, there weren't shrimp involved. Yeah, there weren't shrimp involved. We were, but anyway, investment. Yes, agreed. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I, I know you know you've met with some people and had some conversations. Dan shared a couple um, slides from like the slide deck that we've been sharing with like investors, without getting too deep into the details, um, because like you, you know you've said we don't want to like really talk about something if it's not, not you know on paper yet. If it's the, the paper's not signed, like we're still kind of in the I don't know, exploratory phase of that. Um, what are some of like the, the feedback and things that you're like learning and hearing in those conversations? Yeah, I, it's um, I'm starting to learn transparency wins is a dichotomy. And as we become bigger, <laughs> I just need to be more thoughtful about how I leverage transparency. So it's not that 
I'm not being transparent. It's that I'm just being a little bit more thoughtful about how I, how and when I share information. Sure. And I hope that makes sense because there's been a lot of times where I will share information and I'll be a little too open and it'll get people wound up. And that's not my intent at all. Yeah. Or I'll say something off the cuff that really doesn't mean anything, but it gets people wound up. So I'm just trying to be more thoughtful. Big picture, everything's moving along. We're moving along. So we've had two really, really solid meetings. We have a third coming up here pretty soon. Um, we've been meeting with a few other large companies as well. We, we just released the partner podcast. So now it's out to our partners. I'm yep. not sure what the feedback will be there, but it's out into the world very much. So, um, it's moving along. So it's going to, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. That's okay. You know, we're planning accordingly. So we'll, we'll be fine. Um, and, and we're not seeking, you know, $10,000 either. That's not something no, that happens in yeah, a day. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an upwards of an eight-figure investment. Yeah. And that's, that's in, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that much money. Um, I always chuckle when, you know, when it, the, the whole Trump thing, you know, small loan of a million dollars from my dad. It's like people would criticize him, but it's like, man, you know, a million dollars in business is not that much, especially in real life. Like, it sure. doesn't get you very far. So... In the grand scheme of things, it's it's not a ton of money, which I think is why it's pretty realistic. But it's a ton of money to the group of companies we're going that we're asking for investment from, because they're used to dealing in the physical world, and and so they're used to evaluating deals based on assets, and and what those assets can produce: bulldozers, you know, and and uh, materials and asphalt plants, quarries, those are all fixed assets and you can go plug it into formulas and and go see what the hell your return is going to be. Yeah. You can say, I can get this many hours out of this machine. It's, it can yield this much per day. And here's the value I see from that. Yeah. And, and instead we're saying, um, we don't have any of that. We have no assets actually <laughs> zero. Yeah. I mean, we, we do, but, but not very many. Uh, instead we have human capital which I think is far more valuable than any of your assets, but <laughs> it's just my word on that. Yeah, they're and, just and, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and some of the data points, we ha- we do have data points now, but not a ton. Um, but so so it's that, it's, it's just completely different than any deal they've really ever looked at. And then it's also the fact that, you know, <laughs> they, they can achieve a, mm, like a five times multiple on, on earnings, on, on actual income. Whereas we're saying we can get a 15 times multiple on revenue in the software world. Yeah. The value is so far beyond construction companies. Oh yeah. And if we hit this out of the park within five years, we're going to be worth more than most of our partners are within five years. Sure. Some of these companies are a hundred years old. (laughs) And so just that fact alone as well mm-hmm. is, is, not, is, is just hard to wrap, wrap, their, wrap their minds around. And then Randy's also pointed out it's, it's also somewhat insulting <laughs> because, you know, they, they're busting their ass in this industry that's very hard to do business in. And they're not really getting a war, you know, they're, they're, they're obviously very wealthy and this and that, but they're not getting rewarded in a proportional way compared to a software company, for example. 
Well, yeah. I mean, one of the, like the tough parts of, I mean, any sort of materials business is their like their like revenue model isn't only is only so elastic. You know, it's not like well they could just charge this much more. They could charge this much more. They can charge this much more. Eventually, like there's like a a terminal amount that they can like charge in terms of margin. You know, like Correct. eventually that ends. Whereas software, there's not necessarily that. Correct. And I and I don't. You know, for everybody listening too, I don't just want to say this is a software play. No, it, no, no. this is you know we we have the creative services, we have the services business. You know, with with recruiting, there's there's a lot of pieces here. It all builds on itself. It's all an ecosystem, but the main value is going to come out of that reoccurring revenue, software as a service type platform from the software we're going to create. It's going to be fed by everything else. So the software would be worthless if we didn't have everything else. But that is where the main value is going to be created down the road is the software itself. And as the more contractors we can get on there, the more people we can get on there, the more reoccurring revenue we can get on there from users, the more valuable we become. So that is the, just what we're up against. So it's going to take a little bit. Sure. Like I said, that's fine. It's nothing we weren't really anticipating. We're working through it. We're doing everything we need to do. So there's that. Um, there's just a lot of details to work through on an investment to, in general. Um, we're evaluating debt. We're evaluating equity. There's there's no... Something I've learned in business is there's no right way to do business. <laughs> and and there's, no, there's no one way, okay, I want to go get investment. There's no one way to do it. It's completely made up. Completely made up. Everything you know about business, every legal document, everything is completely made up. Totally. Totally made up. It's basically just like, what's cool between us and we make a contract for that. Correct. So there is, there's, a traditional, there's a traditional way to approach things, like investment, for example. There, the, the, the traditional way to get investment would be to go to an investment firm, venture capital firm. That's what they do. They pull money together. They pour it into businesses to create massive returns. And they, they pool it into a shitload of businesses, hoping that one hits it big and they can go cash out in a five, 10 year period yep. and make their money. While, you know, they have 20 failures for that one success, but they don't care. They factored in. The, the reason why we're not going the traditional route is because VCs don't give a shit about our mission. They give a shit about a return on investment for their shareholders. That's it. So that essentially eliminates that traditional path. So now we need to go down a non-traditional path, which just takes more time. You need, to, you need to be more creative. You need to apply more thought. You need to have more discussions, but it's well worth it in the end. If we're inviting someone into our business, we need to make sure we're inviting the right person into our business mm -hmm. to help us grow the business. Well, you've been really upfront, I think, from the beginning that like, and this is, I think, even before we got to the, we're going to go get, you know, a significant investment. You had said, if we bring somebody into our business that way, they have to bring more value than money. Yeah. And they have to be aligned with our mission and values. Mm -hmm. That's really, really important. I, I know a lot of people with a lot of money. We're only going to a very, very select group. That's it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's for a reason. Yeah. Because I don't want to just, just rush into bed with somebody that does not have our best interest at heart because then all of this becomes for nothing. I mean, one single decision like that can screw this entire thing up and that's just not worth it to me. No. So, um, so that's, that's what we're up against. That's why the process is going to take a little bit. We'll keep everybody updated as, as we go through the process. Um, just know that 
you know, you not hearing something is not a bad thing. You know, no news is good news. Mm -hmm. Just, just let us work on this. Just trust us. We have, I feel like a pretty good track record here, Dan and I, and now Randy of doing, doing what's right. So just trust us to do what's right here. We're doing what's right. We're making it happen. Uh, and we'll let you guys know when, when it has happened and we're, we're moving accordingly. Um, the feedback we've got to get to your original question. Of course. Thanks. Is, is very, very positive. Okay. Extraordinarily positive. <laughs> we, it's not a matter of if right now, it's just a matter of when we're on to something. We're the ones to execute this. Everybody we're talking to is, gets bought in pretty damn quick, sees the opportunity pretty damn quick and gets excited about it to a point where they start to sell themselves on it. Like we had a conversation the other day, the, the CEO we were meeting with, meeting with, I mean, he started, Dan and I were sitting on one side of the table. It was him and two other people. And they started to have a conversation selling themselves on this idea midway through our presentation, basically ignoring Dan and I talking like we weren't even in the room about how exciting the opportunity was like and how what, what it could do for their business and how they were already, they were already going to do it anyway, but they don't have the bandwidth. They were going to spend way more money to do it. They could also generate a return on investment. This is just, it's just like a, a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked with a group the other day we had, um, IMI in here and their new CMO came from a big construction software company, trucking software company, and has had three PE exits. That's his, shtick is he comes in, boosts the hell out of a company that's owned by a private equity company, and then they sell it. That's just, that's how these, how this works. Yeah. And, and we kind of outlined the whole vision for it. And afterwards he was just like, and, and, and told this to another guy who told this to us. He didn't say it to us. He's like, those guys, they're, they're onto something really fucking big here. That's a, that's a billion dollar company what they have going like that, that is a ridiculous opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really, and, and even if people weren't saying that, honestly, if, if someone, if, if everybody, every single person we've met with, this hasn't happened, but if everybody, every single person had, had told us, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I would still be fucking doing it. I don't give a shit what people think. Yeah. We're doing this. This needs to happen in the industry and this needs to happen now. And I don't care who is on board. I have the mentality now. It's like get on board or get run over. From a sales perspective, once this goes to market, you can either buy it or you cannot buy it. I don't give a shit which one you do, but I can tell you the ones that do buy it are going to be the ones that are ahead. Period. Yep. So it's not even that we're seeking um, approval of our idea right now. I've I've learned not to do that. That's a terrible yeah. idea. But um, everything is is very very positive. We're on to something. We're very excited. I've never been so clear about a path for the company since I started the company. Um, another thing to note too is there's just been a lot of just odd conversation about like selling the company. And I know when you get investors involved, that's a question is what happens if it was if we're to sell? And I've had to go through this with Randy because he's coming off of selling a business. Yeah. And this is this is what most businesses do is they build a business to sell the business to exit to make a fucking fortune. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> like, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but I have zero, 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 zero desire to sell. 
no, it's never even once entered my mind of, wow, I could go build a billion dollar company, sell it for, you know, a few billion cash. And then, oh, holy shit. Then I can go do whatever the hell I please. I don't at all, at all care about that. I am not even slightly motivated by that. I want to become a billion dollar company to create as much wealth for people as possible and to go generate as much change in the industry as possible. People will fucking listen if we're a billion dollar company. I can go get up in a room full of executives and they're sure as shit going to listen when I have a billion dollar company behind me. Yep. That's why. That's my motivation. Not selling it. I think, I talk about this. I want, I don't want to fly commercial. I want multiple houses. I want this and that. I can go get all that without having to sell any of it. Sure. No, I, I can go live the life I want without having to exit this thing. I want to keep it and I want to keep it rolling for well past my expiration date. Well, we've talked about, um, this is when you know we had a lot less people working at BuildWit and you know a lot less clarity on kind of where we're going that like, kind of the infrastructure that we've we've already said in terms of culture and, and mission opens up this like company to kind of do whatever you want to build with. Yeah. You know, like you just, you should never have, and this is maybe me sort of being build with mascot a little bit, but you should never have to leave because you have a great business idea that you need to go work on somewhere else. I mean, like, I guess if you want to, like, sure. sure. Yeah. But like, there's just so much like available horizontal real estate for, oh, I think would be a really great idea. Maybe we could work on is dream idea you've had because you keep running into this problem working with clients or whatever. Like that's always available here. Yeah, and I think that applies to you know somebody who comes out of college and you know then comes in as you know bottom of the the ladder on accounts or whatever it is and grows with the company as well as like available to you. Like if you have been kind of growing that like the Right now, it's you know, pretty growth focused on your part and kind of dialing in like division. But like eventually, you might have another business idea that like why would you like get out of what we're doing so you can go chase that thing because you can just like stack it right next to everything else and it be a, a brand new idea that grows with the like build with rocket fuel behind it. But we only maintain that freedom if we, you know, keep it within the company and. Be very careful about who invests in the company. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's all. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. And it's it like enforce very high standards with com- people that work here, you know, and, and only only hire people that have extraordinary promise and drive, and maybe not experience in anything. Like I don't really care about any of that, but just really good human beings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the opportunity is even so far past this whole training thing, like this whole training software thing. That's step one. That's step. I mean. The opportunity beyond that, we don't even know. We don't even know how much opportunity there is. It is it is infinite in this world. It's crazy how much potential there is with where we're at. I had mentioned to Dan pretty early on, um, I was like, why don't we just like start making, building the software that like HTSS does? He's like, well, we can never do that. And he wasn't poo-pooing, but it was just like, they're just like so big and you know, we don't have that capability. But it's like, now we're like moving into software. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we're going to move into other things that like don't necessarily seem like a re- realistic thing today, but might in two years, Totally, you know? And so it's just like, we're going to keep just like trying to do things that like serve what we're trying to work on. And why wouldn't we keep doing that? 
There's nothing off the table right now. Hell yeah, man. So, yeah, it's, in summary, everything's moving along. We're really excited. It's all coming together. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but once it starts to come together, we're going to be off and running. And with that comes a whole new set of challenges. There's, there's always going to yeah. be work to do. There's always going to be challenges here. There's always going to be change. There's always going to be a lot required of everybody. There's always going to be people telling us to go fuck ourselves. It's, it's even, even, you know, we go get a boatload of money. That doesn't change shit around here. Mm-mm. That just means more work. And that's what, you know, Dan and I have been saying this. It's like, man, this is a crazy opportunity for the right kind of person. But if they're not the right kind of person, then this is not going to be a fun time. Well, and I think it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, we, because we're out or you guys are out like going to have conversations about investment, that money is not meant to like make our lives easier. No, it's meant so we can do more work so we can hire more people to work on more things. Yeah. And like, to me, like that's like exciting to be a part of because that doesn't exactly have like an end point. No, it should. I mean, it should make things more fun. Like, obviously we don't want to just work the shit out of everybody at this and that, but, um, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't mean we're like, we're just gliding around now because we have all this money. Like we're, we're operating on borrowed money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like it's, literally it's, it's, it's not ours. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going and getting, getting a mortgage like that house isn't yours. That's the bank's house. Don't fool yourself into thinking that's your house. Until I'm paying it's the paid bank off. that lets me to let me live here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a 30 year mortgage, like you think you own that thing? <laughs> Fuck no, you don't. <laughs> so that's, uh, I guess that's my investment talk for today. Well, I appreciate, uh, the openness and the transparency. Um, you know, I think it's it's just fun and I think valuable also to get like little bits of that insight. You know, not that like I think necessarily anybody's feels like they're on the outside of those conversations, which of course like your job is to have those conversations. My job is to literally have these kinds of conversations in yeah. here. Um, but I do think that like that matters, I think, to the team to 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 get a little bit of insight into those conversations just from like a, you know, what are you learning? Not necessarily what are the terms of the deals, you know? Yeah. And just like, if I could say one thing, it's just, just trust us on this. You know, it's, it's we're we're putting everybody before ourselves. We're putting the company before ourselves. We're putting the mission before ourselves. I mean, that's like, that's why this process taking so long is because we're trying to do it right. We're yep. not trying to rush into it. If I needed 10 million, I could go get 10 million. I could fucking do it. No problem. I want to get it from the right kind of person that's going to help us make this what into into what it needs to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, a, lo- a lot of people have been, uh, you know, if you've been nervous or anything like that, just that's all I ask. Like, just, just trust us and we're going to make sure this works out. Whatever I have to do. Well, thank you for sharing. Is that, a, is that a podcast episode? I think that's an internal podcast. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, feedback on our completely worthless episodes, let us know. Send it to Alex at buildit.com and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all.